Hey church, it's so wonderful to be with you tonight and to spend some time in God's word together from wherever you are. And hey, just an extra big shout out to all of our global youth watching. We love you guys and we miss you. And we are so looking forward to hanging out all together when we can again. All right, let's get into it. It says in Luke chapter 17, verse 33, those who try to make their life secure will lose it, but those who lose their life will keep it. And tonight I have a question for each of us to consider, and that is, how solid is your security system? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are here and that you can transcend the distance of online church and speak right to our hearts and right to our minds. Would you give us something of yourself tonight? What we want, what we're here for is more of you. Amen. Amen. Okay, so how solid is your security system? The security system in the venue building at church is pretty solid. It only gives you a few short seconds to get that code in correctly before it starts beeping at this painfully loud decibel that I assume the whole of Joondalup can hear and that actually sends me into quite a panic every time I get something wrong. Which is the point, right? When you invest in a security system, you're investing in your protection, in your peace, in your freedom to go and do whatever it is that you need to do because you know that your house or your car or whatever is secure. Pre-online church, when the youth team would run big events like camp or refill, we would invest in the very best security system that there is, David and Chrissy. More accurately, they would invest in us. Actually, why don't you give David and Chrissy a shout out in the comment section, we love them. And whenever they and their wonderful team would come and do security for us at Global Youth, we knew that our young people were completely protected from anything that was on the outside of our event. We had peace that nothing that shouldn't would get in. And we felt the freedom to just enjoy and spend time with our young people because we knew that their safety was secure. And tonight, I'd love for us to have a think about our hearts and our minds and our lives. How solid is your internal security system? Are you protected from the fears and the anxieties that threaten to break in? Do you have peace despite the inevitable difficulty and pain of life? Are you free to be who God is calling you to be? You know, one thing that can definitely be said about recent times and even current times is that they've been a really big revealer. Take church, for example, when church looks so different, you learn a lot about yourself because there's a lot less to hide behind, right? I've definitely learned things about my own attitude and my own ability to lead myself in recent weeks. And it's exactly the same with our internal security systems. Life of late has been a huge revealer. If your security is in having a vibrant social life, in seeing and being seen, you would have absolutely felt the impact of having lost that. Or if your security was in carrying multiple serving roles at every church event, that would have been revealed to you. Maybe you found that your security is in your ability to control everything because it's been revealed to us that we really have very little control of anything at all, right? Maybe like me, you've been exposed because your security is in your plans for the future or your expectations as to how life should be. Or what do you do when things change? Maybe you derive your security from your ability to not get anxious, but then life changes and anxiety rises. Or what do you do when your sense of self, who you normally are, the things that you would normally do, are so compromised by the state of life that we're in? Or when disappointment is a very real, very confronting and very painful thing? What happens to our internal security systems then? 
That was a lot of questions. Let's take it to the word of God for an answer. Psalm 125 is called the security of God's people. And it says this, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time on and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, so that the righteous might not stretch out their hands and do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their own crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. What that scripture is saying is that if our trust is in God, then our internal security systems should be very, very solid. I'll read the first two verses again. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time on and forevermore. The psalm is suggesting that we are completely protected, that we should be full of peace and completely free because we are as steadfast as a mountain and God is surrounding us. Now, I don't know about you, but I find this to be both very encouraging and also mildly confusing. I'm encouraged because the fact that my trust is in God means that I can be secure, I can feel peace, I can feel protection, I can feel freedom. However, at the same time, I'm very aware that often, this is just not the case, right? I can get shaken, I can be moved. My sense of security is very often not steadfast. There are a lot of reasons in this life for it not to be. We talked about some of them before. And there were even more reasons when this psalm was written for the writer to not be securely steadfast. Life was far more challenging back then. And yet it was written and it is true. So how do we rectify that? And how do we get it? How do we get a completely solid security system? You know, if you were to jump online and buy a security system for your home tonight, you wouldn't get screened based on your own merits to determine the quality of the security system that you would get. The companies don't try and check the crime rate of your neighborhood or try and figure out how responsible you are or how well you take care of your home and then give you the security system that you deserve. Not at all, because the burden isn't on you. Your protection doesn't hinge on yourself when you have a security system. It hinges on the system. The weight is off of you. The weight is on the supplier. It's exactly the same with our internal security systems. God is the supplier and he does not give us more security when we're full of faith or less if we're doubting. He doesn't screen our level of commitment to him and then fluctuate with that. He is constant. Our security rest in, rests in his grace, in who he is. It doesn't hinge on us. It hinges completely on him. We get to rest. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time on and forevermore. Church, if we choose Jesus, if we trust that our eternity is secure in him, then we are secure. That is the truth. And then each day we get a choice. We get to choose if we're going to live according to however we might feel or according to the truth of who God is. I don't know about you, but I can have any number of feelings on any given day. 
but that has no bearing on the actual level of our security because our level of security is determined by who God is, not our feelings, not our experiences. At the end of the day, our feelings can actually tell us very, very little, if anything, about God. It's the scripture that holds the truth. And the scripture says that he is surrounding us forevermore. I would think that that is as secure as we could possibly be, right? So the answer to my question, how solid is your security system? Your security system is as solid as can be. It is impenetrable. It cannot be broken into because it does not rest on you. To quote Eugene Peterson, we are not secure because we're sure of ourselves. We're secure because we trust that God is sure of us. So three points to recap what we've talked about. Number one, if your trust is in God, you are secure. Number two, your level of security hinges on who God is, not on how secure you feel. And number three, the choice is yours to live by who God is or by how you feel. You know, we all have feelings produced by misplaced security that we can either magnify and sit in, maybe feelings of loneliness, purposelessness, disappointment, discontentment, inadequacy, whatever you might be feeling. Or we can choose to bring those feelings under the truth of who God is. And who he is, is unwavering, unfaltering, and more than enough for us. So church, if your trust is already in God this week, why don't we choose to dwell on who he is and default to that truth rather than how we might be feeling about him or feeling about ourselves or about life? And if you've never placed your trust in God before, in a few minutes, Josiah is going to give us that opportunity security, peace, protection, freedom are waiting for you in him. Might I leave you uplifted and encouraged tonight. You are secure in the God who sustains you. No matter what you are feeling or what you're experiencing, he is constant, he is steadfast, and you can rest in him. Hey, thanks so much, Div. What a great message. And if you're wondering who I am, I'm Josiah. I'm part of the team here at Global Heart Church and I help with young adults and new Christians. And I'm currently fulfilling the role of content coordinator while the amazing Jeremy Crouch is off on paternity leave with his amazing wife, Sam Crouch. Congratulations to you guys. And tonight I thought, what a better way to start the night than to pray. So thank you, Jesus, for this time. I pray right now that you speak to people tonight in Jesus' name, amen. I also want to make an exciting announcement that this book here will change your life. It will give you fresh perspective. It will influence you and change the way that you think and it's exactly what's happened to me. And I thought I might as well read it, seeing as though I'm talking about it and this is all about the Word of God. Why not see what it says in the Word of God? It says this in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 to 18. Have a listen to this. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Through outwardly, we are wasting away, yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. It's saying we need to fix our eyes on what's eternal. We need to have a perspective on life that's eternal. And I want to talk to you tonight about the power of perspective. 
And many of you might know that um, I ride motorbikes, and I love riding motorbikes. I have been now for 10 whole years, which is quite a long time. And um, I've had quite a few crazy accidents in England, and I know the Lord was protecting me. I'll tell you this one accident. I was going around a corner, as you do, and this car came out of nowhere, and I smashed into the front of it. I flipped over my handlebars. I landed on the windscreen like that. I smashed the windscreen, and I literally had so much adrenaline when it happened that I jumped off the windscreen, and the lady in the car was crying. She was so emotional, and I got her out, and... You know, I said sorry to her, even though she was on my side of the road. Um, and I just, just gave her a big old hug. And it was quite an amazing moment because actually I wasn't really that scared. I was pumped for adrenaline, but she was super scared. She was just going for her normal walk in the morning to the beach with her dog. And, you know, in that moment, I was like, wow, this is, this is incredible because I'm hardly even that scared. And I don't want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about something that happened to my bike. My bike actually ended up losing its wing mirrors. So then I ride, start, had this whole season of riding my bike without wind mirrors. They were on there, but they just didn't work properly. They kind of just broke. So when I got to a certain speed, they would just flop in, you know? And it made me think that, you know, I had to change the way I behaved. Because my perspective on my bike changed, it affected my behavior on the road. You know, it affected the way I thought. When I was looking over my shoulder, I, wasn't, I had to do that lots more because I didn't have my wing mirrors. And um, finally, I got some new wing mirrors. Good boy, good job for doing that. And as I did do that and put them on my bike, I gained a new perspective. And that perspective actually made me make different choices on the road. It affected my behavior on the road because I had this brand new way of looking behind me. And I think it's the same in life. Our perspective in life can affect the way we think. Our perspective in life can affect the way we behave. Our perspective in life can affect the way we treat people. Our perspective in life can affect our choices and our decisions. Our perspective in life can affect our vision for the future. Our perspective in life can either be a prison or a passport. It can either trap us or set us free. And I don't know about you, but I want to be set free by having an eternal perspective on life. And recently, I was trapped. My perspective trapped me. Because all I was looking at was the news. Well, who's not been looking at the news in this season? Seriously. All we're talking about is COVID-19. That's all the thing I was looking at. I had this couple of weeks where every single morning, the first thing I do was look at the news. And I consistently give my mum an update on what's happening in the world. And, you know, it started to infest my mind. COVID-19 was all I thought about. It was just it was just everything I was doing, everything I was speaking. Even got to the point where, you know, I'd be on the golf course. Someone would be like, oh, it's good to see you, Josiah. How are you? And I'm like, yeah, COVID, mate. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all good, mate. And then they'd be like, oh, what have you been up to? I'm like, yeah, just working on COVID-19. How crazy. It's just nuts what's been going on. It was all I was thinking about. It was all I was speaking about. And it made me realise what you allow to look into your life will alter your outlook of life. And your outlook will subsequently determine your outcome. Well, my outcome in this moment was all I was talking about was COVID-19 every single day. It was all I was thinking about because I was allowing it in. Well, maybe we should stop looking at Google News and start reading the good news and allow the good news to be what we input and that will determine what we output and the way we think. And you know, I had this funny moment with my mum the other day. 
shout out to my mum. We all love Susie Hardy. What an absolute legend. I love you, mum. And, um, you know, she kept talking to me about wanting to move her bed. And I was like, mum, why do you want to move your bed? And well, she said, well, if I flip my bed round the other way, I'll be able to have an ocean view when I wake up. We live in Mindari, beautiful place. And I was like, great, well, why don't you flip your bed? Why, why are you contemplating that? You might as well just do it, right? And she goes, no, because if I flip my bed, that means I won't have a bedside cabinet. Well, you only need one. She goes, yeah, but when your father comes to stay, because he works away, he won't have a bedside cabinet. And I said, mum, are we seriously having a conversation about you contemplating sacrificing a bedside cabinet over an ocean view? And she said, yeah, we actually are. And I said, mum, you should just flip the bed, come on. And she still hasn't done it to this day. But it just made me realise that sometimes we need to make a shift to gain new perspective. And sometimes we need to make a spiritual shift to gain heavenly perspective. What's God asking you to shift? What's God asking you to change? And the thing is, sometimes the busyness of life can make us lose focus so we lack perspective. Well, God wants us to make a shift so we can refocus and gain new perspective. God wants us to have an eternal perspective on life and look at the world the way he does. Have a godly lens so we can make decisions and choices in accordance to his will. Peter had to make a shift. And I'm not talking about Peter the cameraman. I'm talking about Peter the character in the Bible. Amazing man of God. And Peter was this kind of, you know, he was this hard charge ahead, get things done, leak before you look kind of dark, the guy, die, guy, same thing, no, it's not really, but he had to, you know, he had to make a shift, and I, I was reading in Matthew 16, here, Matthew 16, it's Peter's declaration of Jesus, his confession of Jesus, Matthew 16, verse 13 to 17, says this, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man, Jesus, is. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, you know, one of them. But what about you, Jesus said to Peter? Who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Peter, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven. Peter gained more heavenly perspective because of his revelation of Jesus. When we have a revelation of Christ, it will change our perspective in life. And that's the amazing thing about what happened to Peter. And we need to gain that same heavenly perspective in life. But is it man or is it God who's revealed to you who Jesus is? Is it our Father in heaven who's revealed to you who Jesus is? Or is it just people saying who Jesus is? Well, friend, Christianity isn't about knowing who Jesus is. It's about knowing Jesus. And as our knowing of Jesus deepens, our perspective on life transforms. We need to get into a place where we're deepening our relationship with Jesus and having revelations of Jesus from God so our perspective on life will start to change. It will become more eternal. It will become more broad. And the thing is with Peter, 
which what amazed me about him is that he had so many failures. He had a myriad of failures. He denied Jesus. He made mistakes and we make mistakes too. If we know Jesus, it doesn't mean we're suddenly perfect. Peter made mistakes, but he still hung on to those revelations. And it's the same as us. We need to hang on to revelations that we have of Jesus so our perspective on life will start to transform and we can focus on the eternal. We can focus on not what is temporal. Peter's perspective changed. It changed so much that when Jesus rose back from the dead and he came to Peter on the shore of the beach, it was from that day on that Peter really realised and he ended up being the leader of the early church. Peter's perspective on life completely changed because of his knowing of Jesus and the same thing can happen to us. But don't forget in the dark what God told you in the light. And friend, I had a wayward perspective before I knew Jesus. My perspective on life was limited. My perspective on life was restricted. It was small, it was little. And I'm not saying that if you're not a Christian that you don't have a perspective on life. But what I am saying is when you start to know Jesus, your perspective on life becomes eternal and you look at things in a completely different way. You focus on things on a completely different way. We focus on life the way God's intended it for us to look at it. And as I started to journey with Jesus, my perspective completely changed. But before as a Christian, my perspective on life I was trying to get was trying to find the trippiest drug I could find. That would alter my vision, right? But no, it completely changed when I went into a relationship with Jesus. And you can do the same thing today. And as you do that, you'll start to see things change in your life. It will influence you to a new level where your eternal perspective will just broaden. You'll look at things the way God wants you to look at things, the way God's intended for us to look at things. And we start to make decisions and choices based in accordance to his will, if we know Jesus. And I want to give you that chance today. If you don't know Jesus, or if you want to come back to Jesus because you feel like you've been away, you can do that right now. And all it takes is a simple prayer. And I want to lead you and I want to have the privilege, and it is a complete privilege and an honour for me to lead you into that prayer. And all you have to do is repeat after me. And if it's, if it's helpful for you, you can close your eyes, you can put your hand on your heart. Even if you're a Christian right now, why don't you pray this prayer with me as well? Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for living life my own way. I believe in your finished work on the cross. Please forgive me and let me live life your way. Thank you, God. For this day onward, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. That is a very amazing prayer that you just prayed. I want to encourage you, when I did the same thing, it completely influenced me to a new level. And the same thing will happen to you, but we want to get in touch with you. So there'll be a link that's just come up in the chat, and there's a link in the description. 
click on that link and please let us know if you've made that decision. We want to get in touch with you. We want to connect with you. And we just want to help you on this journey. And hey, I want to also pray for anyone who feels they want to gain a new perspective. If you already know Jesus, that's, that's, that's awesome. And you can gain new perspective. I'm going to help you now to pray with me. I'm going to pray for you as well. Yeah, I thank you, God, that you've brought us all together in this amazing time. But I just pray, Lord God, that we gain heavenly perspective and we can start to look at life the way you've intended for us to look at life. And from this day on, Lord God, our perspective on life will completely transform because we deepen our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.